Welcome to another episode of Chomping After Dark, the podcast where we spoil your favorite games and the occasional movie. We have a really exciting episode, the last episode of the year, in fact. Yes, today we are going to be talking about Hades, Supergiant's newest game, and what a hell of a game. But before we launch into the intros, I just want to make a few quick announcements. If this is your first time here and you're loving the show, please subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want more from us, head over to SoreChomp.com where we have more podcasts, reviews of the newest titles, a merch store, and plenty more. Lastly, if you want to support us so we can continue to make awesome content, please swing over to Patreon.com slash Sword Chomp, that's the name of our stuff, right? Where you will find a plethora of tiers to get additional and exclusive content. Let's enjoy. And not the plethora of <laughs> tiers you're used to in 2020. Richmeister, swordtromp.com. Sword Trump. Sword Trump. Let's introduce you to the crew who will be joining me today. First, we have the man, the myth. The cynic himself, Mr. Joshua Fowler. Josh, are you finally ready to tell us the story about how you cuddled Cerberus? I don't... I don't know if it's proper to to tell. You don't kiss and tell when it comes to a heckin' borker. Yeah. It's... it's, mm. I I really I I respect Cerberus. I don't I don't think I'm I'm not I'm not gonna do that to a boy. Okay. 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 He is the goodest of good boys, and uh, we will keep his reputation intact. Josh will not sully his good name. Mm. Next, we have Mister New York himself. No, I'm not talking about Frank Sinatra. I'm talking about Mister Rich Meister. Rich, how many pizza-stealing rats did you have to wrestle to get a win through the underworld? Just the one, but that's just my neighbor, Splinter. His kids are really loud, but he's a cool guy. Yeah, I've, I've heard really good things about his kids. Um, seems like a fascinating guy. He's a, that Mikey is a wild, wild kid. Mm. A real party dude. Cowabunga. And last, possibly the least... I'm your host for this episode, Mr. Shay Layton. I just want to give a quick reminder to the listeners that from this point forward, we will be spoiling the game. Any part of the game from this point forward is fair. So, if you haven't made it through the underworld, or even if you have but you haven't rolled credits yet, now is the time to hit pause and come back when you finish. Okay. It's time for some spoilers. Get on out of here. 
on, the game start. Get... <laughs> get on out of here. That's the wrong game. The game starts off with the player taking control of Zagreus, the son of Hades. Zagreus is tired of living in his father's underworld, and he seeks an escape. His adopted mother, Nyx, gives him a special mirror that allows him to reflect on his attempts and power himself up after each run. There are multiple abilities that imbue him with power. As he goes to leave for the first time, his father laughs at his expense, thinking his son petulant and troublesome. As Zagreus begins to ascend, the gods of Olympus reach out to him after word reaches them of his planned escape. They offer to help Zagreus with boons that give him various powers to make the journey easier. He is also assisted by Achilles, his mentor, who provides him with the infernal arms, powerful weapons that have hidden powers and can also assist him as he attempts to leave the underworld. So right off the bat, I noticed that the intro of this game doesn't inundate the player with backstory or dialogue. Unlike Supergiant's last game, Pyre, that had a lot of narrative to focus on early on in the game, Hades pretty much thrusts the player into the game almost immediately, similar to Supergiant's first game, Bastion. Now, Josh, did you enjoy getting to jump right into the first escape attempt almost immediately, or did you want more of a build-up with some provided story and context for what was going on? Um... I feel like they did a pretty good job of with this one of because so much of the the gameplay is framed directly as as the story um I feel like it, I feel like it worked pretty well having you just immediately jump into it immediately be trying to escape um because that gameplay your goal in it being to escape kind of gives you the same motivation as Zagreus as you start getting the rest of the the rest of the narrative just kind of yeah. help, helps you frame all of it at that point absolutely yeah your your motivations kind of become one where Zagreus he wants to escape he wants to escape from his father but he also wants to see what's beyond and that's that resonant or that uh coincides with what you want to do as the player early on in the game. Yeah. Rich, how about you? Uh, yeah, I feel like unlike uh, Pyre, which I, I really actually liked Pyre uh, quite a bit, I don't think you really need a big info dump at the beginning of this. Um, there is some, like, kind of, like, codex-adjacent stuff you could read to, like, get some info on the characters and things like that only expand as the game goes on. Um but you really you learn enough through conversation and you kind of get the simple hook of it, it almost doesn't matter that early on why Zag wants to get out. Um, like the drive is enough to be like, OK, I'm this character. Uh, he wants to leave. I'm going to attempt to leave. And then the context is delivered through conversation through there as you speak with Hades, with Nyx, with uh, Hypnos, with the other gods. Like there, there's everything's delivered to you at, at a really good pace that keeps giving you, I think just enough to be like, I want to keep going. I want to, I want to learn more. Yeah. That, that's a really good point. Something I didn't directly think about is at the beginning, you don't really, as a player, I think in general, you don't really care 
that much why Zagreus wants to leave. You know, he wants to leave. You know that he thinks his father's reign is unbearable, so he just wants to go. And you're like, okay, I can understand that. Dad, as you start, I get it. Yeah, but as you start feeling more and more, you're like, why is he so adamant on leaving? As more information slowly starts to trickle out, and I think that it was smart of them to throw you into the action right away because the way they shuffle that information out is extremely steady and it keeps you engaged throughout the entire game. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right, let's move to the next section then. Easy softball question right off the bat. (laughs) Hades refuses to let Zagreus simply leave and makes it much more difficult by sending the Furies, a bone hydra, Theseus, and Asterius in his path along with his countless minions. After multiple failed attempts to leave, let's be honest, we all died plenty of times at the beginning, the player discovers that Zagreus wants to leave the underworld because he wants to meet Persephone, his birth mother, that he has never met, and after discovering that Nyx is not in fact his birth mother. Hades is strict beyond belief promising anyone who mutters the name Persephone in his kingdom unimaginable torture. Nyx empathizes with Zagreus and helps him by getting him in contact with more of the gods of Olympus. After playing through the game and failing to reach the surface a few times, Rich, was Zagreus meeting Persephone the driving force to get out of the underworld, or was kicking Hades' ass the main incentive to escape? Uh, as far as, like, the narrative I wanted to see play out, uh, meeting Persephone was definitely that driving force. Beating the shit out of Hades just seemed like a nice icing on the cake, uh, as you can continue to get taunted by this smug asshole every now and again as you just keep like uh getting further and he just you know like you mentioned the first time you dive he kind of has comments for you whenever you get a good chunk of the way going he, he's he's got some choice words for you he thinks you're a little schmuck and you're not gonna make it that's fair that's fair uh yeah maybe there's more than one external force there that is driving you josh what do you think um i, I feel like it kind of changes a bit um this game does a good i i think it does i think it does a good job of kind of reframing relationships that you have giving you um maybe reframing is not but like with with new information about it you kind of i guess reframing was right but you 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 start to view your motivations um not as not as the only thing that matters you you start caring about what the other why are these other characters doing what they're doing like why do they care enough to help you yeah yeah why do they want to help you why do these other characters why why does your dad really have such a hang up of you getting out of here um and you get you get to parts in the story that um some of the time i just i wanted to get there, um, you know, you want answers to talk, Dad. To, like, let's 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 find out what's going on here. Like, um, like sometimes it's, you know, we want to go meet Persephone. You want to go meet Mom. Like, who who's this person I've been kept from my whole life? And they do a good job of giving you 
sort of a the same motivation but changing in enough ways to just kind of reframe what you're uh what you're trying to get out of this eternal yeah toil yeah i it's it's really interesting because when you're in the house of hades hades admonishes you a lot for trying to leave and he just pokes fun at you constantly but the most interesting conversations that you have with Hades generally, not always, are either in the little cutscene moments or when you make it to make it out and you're about to get to the surface and you go to fight him. And that's when a lot of the most important dialogue between Hades and Zagreus comes out. And yeah. so the the whole it's almost in some ways like he's trying to motivate you to get out because he just he just harangues you and harasses you every time you're in the house of Hades. But then when you get to the surface, he's more empathetic in some in some of the situations when you get out there, and he reveals a lot more of himself at those moments. So it's kind of weird. Like mm-hmm. at first you see Hades as a character who's just this brutish dick that brutish, not brutish, but brutish. He doesn't uh, dick. No, he definitely. Oh, well, at least not at the beginning of the game. Yeah, that's that's fair. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he. You just see him as this guy who's kind of like this, abs. Not necessarily absent father, but uncaring Distance. father. Distant. There we go. That's yeah. the right word. Distant father figure, and you don't know why. And he's just he's harassing you. And you're like, fuck this. I want to get to the top. I want I want to prove him wrong. I want to show him that I'm strong and I can do what I want am setting out to do. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a but good, as you go on and you it's reverse make, psychology. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. And as you get as you get to the surface and you meet Persephone, you can start to indirectly see kind of the inner turmoil within Hades. It's he's so hurt by her leaving, uh which we're going to get into here shortly. And he, it still bothers him, and he clearly still loves her. So in one part, he doesn't want Zagreus to go because he doesn't want the risk of opening up new wounds, and he doesn't want Zagreus to be hurt like he is, but he can't come out and flat out say that. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he wants Zagreus to succeed because he never ever comes out throughout the entire game and says it, but Hades wants answers too at the end of the day. Like any sane person, a part of them will always want answers to the question that they never got. And what I love so much is that the motivation there, there is a ton of motivation there. I kind of made a loaded question because I think it's really interesting to talk about it from all angles that Hades is a very multifaceted character and he doesn't come across as that early on. And that's what I love so much about the pacing of this story. Not even most how... of the way through, like until you're you're getting close to the real conclusion, he doesn't really come off as more than just some dick. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He, they they did so well with the writing, and they did so well with cha- like slowly changing your motivation, and you're not even realizing it because mm-hmm. at first you're like, I want to prove Hades wrong. And then eventually when you get to the surface, you're like, well, I want to know more about Persephone. Like Hades is still a dick and I still want to prove him wrong, but I want to know more about Persephone. I want to know more of why Persephone left 
Zagreus and Hades behind. And then slowly you're getting more information about Hades. And then it becomes less about wanting to prove Hades wrong, but wanting to fix things. Mm-hmm. And they, they, to me, this is a, a masterclass of story pacing this game. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I feel sure. like they, they feed you these new motivations and these new questions. Um, so well that like you, this is this is a tough game this is a, a fairly hard game to get through and i am motivated to jump back into it every time but also i'm i'm rewarded every time i fail as well with new information um because you rarely walk away with nothing from a run yeah even even if you don't escape on a run you'll come back to the house of hades after the end of all that and there will be new dialogue from everyone um that feels like not the reward you were going for but still feels like a reward it's progress nonetheless Mm -hmm. and that's that's the thing that keeps you going is like no matter how far you get, it, nothing ever feels like you've accomplished. No run ever feels like you've accomplished nothing. Yeah, you might get you might get information about another character's motivations and all of this. Why why are they helping me? Why why are they being a dick in this certain way? Um, and it's not it's not the main question you had, but it's still something you're curious about. It's still something that is written so well that it makes you just uh, appreciate. And another character, a character that you weren't, you know, specifically interested in before then, it just, it's, 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 like, I, this is one of the few games where I come out just loving every character. Um, Like, that just, that almost never happens. Like, even the ones that, you know, like, you kind of, you love to hate even, like, I just, I still love them. Love them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Everybody's got something. Shout out to my girl Dusa. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think the only character who fell flat for me was the Minotaur. But even then, like, I don't think that there needs to be much of character development for that character. The Minotaur you know, has, uh, you know, some. I mean, if you really want to dig into the, he's probably a tortured soul. I mean, imagine being, your whole backstory as a creature in mythology is like somebody had a kid so ugly they were like, "Gross, put it in a labyrinth." Mm-hmm. yeah exactly but the, yeah. well, i think that i, I don't know like, I'm, I'm gonna push back there because i i i love asterius um because like even even his whole deal is he's eternally bound to theseus because he fought him as an equal like again like rich is saying he's stuck in this fucking labyrinth because his mom's a bitch it's like no, yeah. no, you're you're too ugly. Why don't you why don't you go stay over here in this labyrinth for us, and you know like actually fighting someone, fighting someone as an equal was such like it's it's there's there's depth to all these characters somewhere. Um, yeah, no, for there, you to latch there's a lot to. of depth. There is a lot of depth to Asterius and uh, Theseus. I think that I say he falls flat. Uh, that's probably a harsh word. 
he was the least interesting character for me. And that's simply because without the, the, the knowledge of those two characters outside of mythology, which I do have that you're not really that interested in those characters. And I feel like with, and this is such a, such a minor thing. I want to make that clear right now. Every character in, in that game is interesting. Even Asterius and Theseus, mm-hmm. which kind of goes against what I just said, but each character is interesting, but each character is so interesting because of, and we've talked about this before, the reimagining of each one of these characters from Greek mythology. They, they were, their, their concepts, their ideas, their stories have been tweaked and repurposed and fine-tuned in different ways to make them feel fresh in this game. Mm-hmm. And... Asterius and Theseus, they are interesting in this game. I just feel like with how much development each other character has, yeah. they don't have near as much. And I think part of that's due to them a being a, a, an end boss because they're in the third area. So you just, you're going to encounter them less. You have less time with them, yeah. Because you die so much in the early game early on. You, you're you're going to hit all the other characters way more until you're better at the game. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So you you get think, way less time with them, which it's, I'm, which means there's less time for them to be developed. Um, I'm sure I'm sure that was done intentionally ish because again, Theseus is one of the ones that you love to hate because he is just man, fuck Theseus. Um, like he, they do such a good job making you hate that guy literally the first time you see him. Um, yep. and he just gets more insufferable every time you go back to fight him. And you feel like yeah. every time, like, I, I always think about that first moment when you get far enough in the fight with him where he calls down the favor of a god, uh-huh. and Zagreus is just like, what? You're helping him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, th- and that that is a fair point, too. It's something I didn't quite think about is the, the frequency to which you meet these characters. I was thinking about how with the Furies, you even have some kind of connection with them. And you have some mm-hmm. kind of dialogue with them because more Zagreus, so with Meg than the others, but yeah, there's exactly. still something there with the others. Exactly, and it makes a lot more sense when you think about the frequency to which um, you see them. Yeah, that's something I didn't think about. So fair point, Josh. Um, I will probably retract that to some degree. Well, but no, I think like, also I think not not to discredit what you're saying. I'm thinking that was I'm I'm sure intentionally meant that way because there is less time with it, so they're not. There doesn't need to be as much Strings development on them, which, which again, I feel like is one of the reasons why Theseus is made to be so insufferable. It's because you need to have a reaction to him right away because you're not going to see him as much as some of the other characters. Um, For sure. And that For reaction sure. and is, fuck this guy. Mm-hmm. I th- I think that just speaks to how strong the story and the character development is in this game that one where you do get some character development from him, um, from them, you still want more. And that's not yeah. a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all. So that's fair. Yeah. I just, I think it's really fascinating how, you know, to kind of get back to the, the main question, cause I'm, I'm perfectly happy that we went on those tangents. I, I think the motivations change for you wanting to get out over time. And I think that super giant does a really good job of changing the motivations and you kind of don't even realize it right off the bat that your motivations or Zagreus's motivations are changing. 
Mm-hmm. All right, let's jump back in. Zagreus finally breaks out of the underworld, defeating his father. He finds his mother, Persephone, in Greece. After they reunite, he hastily dies, learning that he is bound to the underworld and not being able to survive long on the surface. Before he dies, he promises Persephone that he will make it to the surface again, so he can learn why she left. At this point, Rich... Why do you think that Persephone was living in Greece instead of with Hades and Zagreus? Like, just try and place yourself back at that moment when the first time you got out and you fi- you found Persephone and you have your first conversation with her. If you can remember, what did you think was going on at this point? Um, I honestly don't remember too much of that initial conversation. Uh, I mean, I, my main, like thought process on it was obviously I I was excited that we were going to get to get a little bit more into this but the more obvious answer of like if it was going to be more wide sweeping like some commentary and like a sense of freedom or whatever like that not being stifled within hell um because like they do give you a pretty decent sense of like Greece just being different than the house of Hades and being trapped in sort of this enclosed space Yeah. Yeah. Um, before I let Josh go, there's one thing that you were mentioning that we're going to talk about here, I believe, in the next paragraph or two paragraphs from now, is that that's a really good point. Based, based off of what the three of us know and the anyone who is interested in general in Greek and Roman mythology, um, specifically Greece in this case, with their prior knowledge of mythology, Greek mythology, you assume that that's why Persephone left. It's freedom because all the gods in Greek mythology have this level of ego, this level of selfishness. They um, like to fuck. Well, they like to fuck and they like to do it whether or not permission is given. Zeus um, especially. And that's the reality of a yeah, lot of Yeah, they are all mythology. extremely controlling. That's like the one character trait shared by every single god and demigod and and you know titan and like every everyone the entire pantheon is just unbelievably manipulative and controlling Um, and i think that's i think that's why greek mythology is still studied in 2020 mm -hmm. there is a there's a lot of mirroring humans in that all humans like the worst in humans which is what's always so interesting is these beings they revered as gods mostly mirrored the worst humanity had to offer mm-hmm. exactly exactly we we all like a sense of control and over our life over our fate over every aspect of our life there are some people that are very spontaneous and allow things to just kind of happen but at some point in our essence each human likes some form of control in some aspect of their life and i think that's just a part of human nature so gods kind of personify that to the the highest degrees specifically the greek gods um I, i'm sure you can make the case for any god but w- let's not go there um let's stick with the source material here so that that, that kind of is that perception is played with at this point because when you first meet persephone she's like oh shit you're alive i thought you were dead mm-hmm. and 
you realize that that was kind of controlled and you don't know why at this point, why her perception of Zagreus being stillborn was controlled. And it's interesting that as you learn later on why the why why Persephone was lied to, why she left, and it has nothing to do with her being controlled. Or the major, I should say, the major reasons don't have to do with her being controlled, because you learn that Hades actually resented his um, Olympic family for basically saying, hey, Persephone, you have to go with Hades because we're giving you as a gift since he's going to be running the underworld. You're the gift. Look, we promised him something. Right, and he ends up resenting them for treating her as an object and not as a person. So you learn that there was love lost between both of them when she initially left. But uh, before I go any further, I want to open up the question to Josh, because I've been talking a lot, and I apologize. Josh, uh, what did you think was Persephone's reasoning for leaving uh, for Greece during this first escape attempt? Um, I mean, a lot of this is kind of informed from just previous knowledge of the material, um, but I, I think I think the, the the biggest reveal that first time you escape is that you think she knows about you this whole time until you finally meet her the first time, and she's like just completely blown away that you're alive. Um, like she she left. It was this horrible horrible time in her life. Um, that your mother, you know, was able to escape Hades and and not return to uh to olympus because she wanted no part of the gods anymore because of all the pain they'd caused her um and i i I, like my my initial thoughts on that were just that i have a brand new character that i'm curious to know why they they have done everything they're doing right now and like i'm instantly i mean like you had all these questions that you thought you wanted to ask your mom when you meet her um, all these questions that, you know, you, you, Zagreus has talked about several times. Like, okay, I, I need to know this. I need to know that. Like, why? Why? What's, I, I, like, she was able to escape. I was kind of assuming, you know, you, Zagreus's initial motivations are that hell was so bad, my mom left me to get out of it. But now I've got to get out of it, too. Yeah. That that it's not I've quite got, that simple. Yeah, and it's 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 not that straightforward. And getting those new motivations, finding out there's there's more going on here. Um, my mom didn't just abandon me because you know things were so bad that she had to. Um, and I was one hundred percent on board for everything else I was able to learn from that point forward. Um. Uh, again, I, I, I mentioned kind of knowing some of the stuff going into it um, with the whole Demeter and Persephone bits going on there, because Demeter is one of the gods you don't meet until fairly late um, as far as when when they even have a chance of spawning as, as, as a boon 
to to help you escape um but any anyway um they kind of do a little bit of a, a reversal here um to kind of make it their own character where traditionally persephone going back and forth between olympus and hades is what causes the seasons to change um it's kind of reversed here where persephone's gone missing and so her mother demeter has just become so mournful that it's essentially caused winter to last way too long uh in the mortal world um yeah and she's become instead of a god of harvest the god of well the harvest didn't just fucking come this year like winter's um, coming yo yeah um that i love that that's her description mm-hmm. she's not the god of harvest she's the god of it didn't fucking come i, yeah. I do i do like i i think it's um the first time you encounter the the demeter boon like one of the first things she says to you is uh you wish to trade the bitter darkness for the bitter cold mm-hmm. you're like well yeah, yeah like I, you know when you put it like that it doesn't sound that appealing yeah like in like i i love demeter in this game this is demeter as a character being in this game just made me immediately want hades too like as soon as i finish this game like i need to see what happens in the future with this this new take on the relationship between demeter and persephone um it's kind of with 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 the new information going on here and that was so their so version cool. of the greek mythos yeah yes um i don't know if we'll ever get a sequel to hades I, because i don't know either but like just like yeah, I was I was so on board for everything they were doing with that with that particular story, that particular relationship and yeah, the mythos. The thing, the the one thing I will say because I agree with almost everything you said, if not everything, and then we can move on to the next part of the story. Is unlike their other games, uh, Bastion, Transistor, and Pyre, when the game is done. You feel like the, the the journey's over. Like there's a start and there's a finish. You are you have gone on this amazing journey with these incredible characters. And then when it's done, you feel that sense of completion and accomplishment. You feel like the story is wrapped wrapped up nicely. With Hades, the the thing is when you beat the game the first time you're like oh i'm done and you're no you're not yeah, done. you're you not yeah nine more times to go at least of beating beating or getting through uh the underworld even when you beat it and you roll credits you still want more of the game mm-hmm. you still want to build the relationships with those characters even if you've beaten it 10 times you still want to go back in and you want to learn more about the other characters because you do have and we talked about this a little bit some agency over what happens with some of these characters. Um, oh, yeah, we're doing a spoiler cast. I can't talk about it. Um, the two, <laughs> I, I know, it's such an impulse. Cast. Such an impulse. You have to fight. Yeah. <laughs> with, with the two musicians that you encounter in the game, if you build up their... If you encounter both of them, one of them's out while you're trying to escape and one's back at the House of Hades, if you build up enough rapport with both of those characters they start talking about each other and you can get one character to play the other's music 
and you get them to reveal more. And eventually you can get to the point, if you build up both of their relationships enough, you can get them back together. That's a really, and that's such a, like a minor thing. Well, I can fucking do that in uh, uh, Elder Scrolls. I can do that in Fallout. I can do that in any open world RPG game. And that, yeah, maybe that's true, but it feels so much more powerful here and poignant here because it happens over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't like, it's not a series of three missions you get in a codex to do one right after the other without any lasting impact. Yeah. It happens over hours and hours and hours of gameplay And you actually feel like you are building a relationship with these characters as Zagreus. And then when you start to make progress, it feels like a real uh, adjacent to a real relationship in real life. If you're if you meet someone in the real world and you're slowly starting to get to know this human being and you're like, oh, I've learned your favorite color. I've learned the music. You like, hey, let's go to a concert together. And you learn like their mannerisms. and if. It, of course, that stuff happens over time and it feels organic. And that's what's so good about this game is they've created so many characters. It's so organic that when you roll credits, you still want to know more. Even uh-huh. if you've read all there is about Greek mythology, this different take is so fascinating that you want to learn more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to hop off my soapbox and uh, let's let's tone it down a bit and let's continue with the game. As Zagreus continues to escape and meet with Persephone, she describes her loving marriage to Hades. Zeus, quote unquote, gave Persephone to Hades as a reward for running the underworld. Hades resents his brother Zeus for his disrespectful act. When Zagreus was stillborn as a result of the fates deciding that Hades could never sire an heir, Persephone fled the underworld in grief. She avoided Olympus because of the gods. Zagreus was brought back to life by Nyx and her powers. Zagreus asks her to return to the underworld, but she refuses for fear that the gods, especially her mother Demeter, will retaliate. Before we do the mad dash to the end, I wanted to talk about pacing a little bit. We have already talked about it some, but I want to talk about it a little bit more. Even though we are breezing through this story, it happens over a much larger period of time as you have to get through the underworld each time, and you also spend time talking to other characters through each traversal. Now, Josh, can you think of a game in recent memory that has better story pacing that matches the loop of the game? Mm. I mean, not as such, because this is so intentional, but I, I honestly get a very similar vibe to when I played Outer Wilds. And you just discover information as you explore these planets you kind of learn learn about you know the species that came before you and who died off in the in the solar system before you got there um and as you discover stuff you'll kind of get these new questions that'll make you go off and explore somewhere else um and it's very naturally tied to what you're interested in like because you'll you'll find a 
maybe you'll find a town and like they discuss because it's a town they're teaching their kids there like they've 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 set up this this you know what they can of a civilization there and are teaching their children so of course there's little information about a wide variety of things and like what are you interested in because they'll give you kind of these little breadcrumbs sending you off in different directions um and this is this is more directed than that but it feels very similar as far as you'll go through you'll discover something new that you're just interested in like i i need to tug on this thread for a while longer until i figure out what's going on here um and i i got very similar vibes even though as far as the the way they're actually handled in game are they're they're fairly different um just mechanically um but motivationally they feel really similar um is just in in the way it plays out um from one session to the next playing the game that's cool. I never got around to playing the Outer Wilds. I wanted to, but just one of those games that fell to the back burner, and then I never quite made it. But that's really cool. That's really cool that you got some similarities there. Rich, do you do you have anything to add to that? Uh, not much. I mean, I actually I was struggling to think of something, but now that Josh said it, like Outer Wilds is the only thing that really compares in my head in any way. Uh, like you said, we're kind of breezing through the story, but it, it feels lighter than it is just because the pacing here is so deliberate and so much of it is delivered through pure conversation um it like we said earlier every run feels like it matters and like it is a slow burn in regards to how much information you're getting but the pacing feels deliberate and it it feels rewarding yeah one thing I kind of think about with this game and specifically the pacing and the story development is how they rolled out the game in the first place. They rolled it out in early access. It happened over the span of about a year and a half, maybe a little under a year and a yeah, half. Just over, just over a year, I think. Yeah, where they, they, reve- they revealed the game bit by bit. And they had some of the character development and the story there, but it wasn't fully it wasn't fully fleshed out right off the bat. And they were very trans the company was very transparent about that. They said, right now the game's in early access. We're going to be adding more on to it. And as a result, you know, I think it's cool that they were able to listen to feedback from their fans and they were to they were able to build upon what they already had planned to make such an amazing game they were able to build upon everything that they were doing already i i think that has to have some hand into developing such a cohesive and sprawling story such as this but i can't like you guys said for me, because I didn't play the Outer Wilds, I can't think of a story that coincided with the loop of the game better. I can't think of anything better at all. And maybe yeah. there are examples out there that of games we haven't played or games we're just forgetting about right now, but it's absolutely incredible. And that's why I said earlier, it's a masterclass at what they've managed to do here. 
beyond impressive. Mm-hmm. And Rich is nodding his little pecker in agreement. Um, all right, let's jump back into the story. <laughs> On the 10th and final escape from the underworld, Zagreus finally convinces Persephone to return. They sail from Greece on the river Styx to the house of Hades. Persephone returns to being queen, and one of her first promises is to return the garden in the house of Hades to its former glory. Hades has a renewed sense of respect and pride in his son. He asks Zagreus to continue to attempt to escape in an effort to find security vulnerabilities. In the epilogue, and I, I have to reveal to you guys, I didn't actually see this epilogue. I didn't know it existed. I had to read about it. Persephone comes up with the idea of inviting the gods of Olympus to the house of Hades for a feast. Once the feast occurs, Hades and Persephone claim that they eloped and had Zagreus. They elect not to tell the gods that Persephone resents them. They also tell the lie that because she ate the underworld pomegranate seeds, she can only leave the underworld a couple months per year. Even though the gods secretly know what really happened, they accept the explanation, looking to move forward. So for the first time, Supergiant wrote a happy ending to a game. Rich, Isn't that what weird? do you think of the ending? Yes, Rich, what do you think of the ending? Oh, no, I didn't hear you finish. I'm sorry. Uh, You're good. <laughs> you were staring at me in the camera, and I was staring at you, and I was like... I was like, you're going to say something? Um, and then that's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, I, re- uh, I actually have to admit, I didn't see that epilogue either. I uh, So here's my first impressions of it. Um, I think that's I think that's actually pretty great that there's a, a happy ending in there. Uh, Supergiant games tend to be pretty light on that, though... Uh, we could argue, depending on what you do with Pyre, there's a happy ending to be had. My Pyre had a happy ending. Um, happy-ish. Happy-ish, yeah. Happy for almost everyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that that's kind of clever and interesting, and the gods of Olympus taking something at face value is very out of character for them. Yes. Yes, because we all know that Greek mythology is just one giant fucking soap opera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Josh, what did you think of the ending? And I don't know if you saw the epilogue because I sure shit didn't. But it, it, uh, what did it you is think? quite a ways after. Um, I need I need to look up exactly how many more playthroughs, but it's it's a ways I think. Um, before they uh, decide to do that, um, actually I can't remember if it was like a number of. I need to look it up. I need to look it up whether it's like just a number of wins at that point or whether you have to do um like a specific amount of heat because you i think it's just a certain number of wins just like the normal thing um but essentially you can turn the difficulty up at will in this game which is a really cool system um but anyway um i i i really like it because it does it feels like it i feel it feels like it wraps up the story essentially more or less getting it back to kind of, kind of like I was saying, like right off the bat, you see this ending and you're like, okay, how does this square with the rest of 
mythology as we know and the 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 epilogue kind of ish gets you back to more or less where status quo status quo for for greek mythology um and I, I feel like they did a good job of kind of wrapping up those loose threads. Like, okay, this whole thing theoretically could square with just a new character being being added to the pantheon here. Um, to everyone else kind of having the same motivations and states they were at the end of affairs. Um, which I, I feel gives it... You're not there at just the end of the game. Uh, which is why I was like, like I was saying, like you, you get, you get to the end and you're like, okay, like I I need more of this. I need more and more. And then the, the epilogue basically gets you there. I still would love more, but like, again, I, I've loved everything they've done. So just seeing them do something new is probably what I actually want. Um, yeah, but I feel like this, I feel like this did a really good job of kind of, again, I don't know that people needed that um, as far as I, I don't feel like I feel like everyone knows Greek mythology, but they they, you know, they know it in passing. It's it's not something that anyone's going to have the vested interest in in seeing the average person. Yeah. yeah. Like how how everything here, you know, works. Um Exactly. I, I feel like the epilogue kind of does an excellent job of, you know, tying up these little, you know, loose ends here and there. Yeah. I th- I think of it as the ending as simply, yeah, it ties up the loose ends fairly nice and succinctly. The game ends, the whole loop ends, the story ends on you wanting more. But knowing deep down that if you continue to wring the sponge dry, eventually it's going to be a crusty ass old sponge, for lack of a better metaphor. That basically you don't want to wring the sponge dry because then it's not functional anymore. They could continue and make more Hades games. For all we know, that may be in the works right now. They could be working on a DLC. But I think looking at their track record, um, being the best friend that I am with Greg Kasavin after doing that mm-hmm. interview with him two years ago, um, that I think it would be their prerogative to kind of leave you wanting more yeah. and not giving it to you, then giving you too much and feeling like it overstayed its welcome. Mm-hmm. Which is, I feel, kind of also how this game works in general as well. And uh, to your previous point, or your previous question, Josh, uh, basically you need to forge bonds with six Olympus gods, go through some dialogue with Zeus and Demeter. Um, you, uh, From my understanding, you don't need to... Uh, well, no, you would need to finish the ten runs. Yeah. So, so then, less to do with uh, difficulty than more about times. just... Uh, you know the amount of time you've put into it and the relationships right so right it's about it's about doing certain dialogue and building relationships with demeter and zeus and persephone and uh hades yeah which makes more sense as far as that goes um with having the having definitely so having that be tied um, to something different than just finishing a run which made sense for your original motivation 
Right, right. It's not your motivation anymore. But I thought it was really fascinating how they wrote such a happy ending. And it's kind of contradictory because, like, you think about the other games and there could have been a happy ending somewhere in there. And like Rich said, there is some form of a happy ending in Pyre. But with Greek mythology, there's almost never a happy ending. And they wrote the happiest ending of all (laughs) for it. So it's a very contradictory point there. As far as that goes, though, with Greek mythology, about the only happy endings that ever show up are when somebody fools the gods. So That or when Zeus gets off. There's definitely a happy ending for him. That's always a happy ending for Zeus. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. And Hera's like, who fucked the sheep? And Zeus is like, eh. Hey, you weren't here? I couldn't just magically warp for some reason. I couldn't wait that long, so. Zeus's main thing in Greek mythology, for anyone unfamiliar, is turning into a human and going down and fucking basically whatever. Anything and everything. One part of the narrative is the relations that the relationships that you build with all of the side characters. We've talked about that some, but Josh, what was one of your favorite characters to learn more about? Ooh. Um, I mean, I honestly loved Persephone just because it's kind of like, it's your main motivation from the beginning. Um, it's like you're, you're presented with those questions from the beginning. And I feel like the answers are so satisfactory um that i i loved it like the the main story is what you are there for um and they did such a good job for that um but um kind of kind of outside of that but still tangentially related i loved finding out why nix would want to help you your you know your adopted mom the the mom you you know thought was just your mom this whole time who had been lying to you, but also helping you. Like there's, there is so much interesting character and motivation behind Nix that I absolutely loved um, finding out anything I could about, about her. Yeah. I love her selflessness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love her selflessness. Rich, what what were some of the side characters that you really you jived with that you really wanted to learn more about? Um, one of my favorites was uh, Thanatos, uh, which Me too. he doesn't really start popping around until towards the end. Um, but if you do uh, sort of, he will kind of randomly appear in rooms later on, and you actually have to have a competition where you fight off uh, enemies with him. And there's definitely some interesting dialogue as you, you sort of fill in the blanks on the existing relationship between uh, Zag and Thanatos. Uh, I, I thought that was some of the, the some of the more interesting stuff for sure of the the side characters. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely one of my favorites. I also, like I alluded to early, I loved Orpheus and Eurydice. Yes. Um. I really love those two characters a lot and i love the relationship that you kind of build because you kind of you build relationships with them initially and they're two musicians and you can kind of put two and two together but you don't know how directly related they are you're just building these separate relationships and then you start to learn that they were lover former lovers and something happened and they're both in, in various 
points of their grieving process. Eurydice is pissed off. Orpheus is sad. They're at various points, but you spend enough time with both of them and you learn that they both miss that relationship and they miss each other and they miss how synergistic they were. They both wrote music together. They performed music together. They fed off of each other's ambitions and creativity. And I think I think it's cool that Supergiant and the writers cultivated this actual romantic relationship that feels like the best a real world relationship would have to offer. Mm-hmm. They are kind of showcasing that there isn't a relationship in the world that doesn't have its low moments and not there. Almost every relationship isn't going to be clean and, and perfect that there are always bumps in the road in any kind of relationship. And they organically showcase that. And I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. Or Orpheus and Eurydice are, that's, that's one of my favorite stories just in Greek mythology in general, but the way they're presented here is excellent. Um, like like you were saying, because it's not presented just narratively, they did this and then that and that. You're getting to hear the individual perspectives and then piece it together yourself. Um, For a while to, before to you get even, the story, before you even really start talking to them about each other, like the mm-hmm. intro to Orpheus being like, you know, Orpheus was part of the House of Hades and now has returned, and they don't really even feel like playing music anymore. Like all that stuff is teased out in in a really rewarding way. Yeah, and since since we're doing spoilers here, and again, it's this is just the story in Greek mythology. Um, story being, Eurydice dies, and Orpheus is so distraught that he goes to hell to try to rescue her, to try to rescue her, and manages to manages to save her, but in the process dies, and she is just not going to forgive him for then putting her in the exact same fucking situation he was just in. Um, and that's that's kind of where the game starts off. Um, yes. Where, well, uh, past that, because again, she's dead again at that point. Um, this is, you know, in the future. They're both, they're both in Hades at this point. But that that resentment for, you know, this this act of ostensibly act of love that just then put them in the same situation that the other person was in that Both obviously people, they were yeah. so distraught like acts it's of selflessness that then end up leaving the other person just as alone yeah um and 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 seeing the way that plays out again from their own perspective at at every time because you're you're only ever given what they say about those events um it's not told right. it's not told the way you know the tales would be told in in the usual mythos um and i it i feel like it it comes across excellently if if not better than the original just getting these stories from their own perspective um like what what these events meant to me is so cool absolutely totally. yeah i couldn't i couldn't say that any better um the final question, and then we will end this podcast. It's gone on a little bit longer than I anticipated, but happily so. This game is amazing, as we've talked about time and time again. 
Uh, Rich, would you recommend this game and why? Absolutely. Um, this is, if not my absolute favorite, one of my favorite games this year. Uh, I put so many hours into this and every bit of them was a joy. It never felt like a slog. Uh, amazing art, amazing music, amazing performances, and an amazing story. I could not recommend this one more. Hmm. Perfect. Josh, would you recommend this game? Yes, yes, absolutely. You, you not just recommend it, but I feel like this is one of the games you need to play. Um, like there, there are, there are a few games that are not just good. They are, there are games you, you need to play either to have an understanding of the just kind of the you know the medium as a whole uh like the zeitgeist yeah which is you know like a lesser reason to play it but because it is that good because it is something that should that should be a classic it should be something your grandchildren play that that sort of game there's 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 been a few few games like that that are just so a important on their own but b just what they have to say is so good um that it's just it's necessary and i feel like this is one of them um it is it is it is that good agreed absolutely um i i think we're all in agreement here this game is a must play um we all recommend it i recommend it simply because of the fact that a uh like i said it's a master class in storytelling and story pacing um and that coincides with the loop of the game how they manage to craft that so perfectly speaks to a the talent that's in that studio and b the credit that they are getting this year, which I'm absolutely happy about. Super Giant's been an amazing studio mm-hmm. since the first game that they released, and I'm glad that they're finally getting the credit that they deserve ten plus years later. Yeah, I I think it's really cool. Um. And I agree with Josh. I think it's a must-play game because they have taken mythology, something that we all studied to some capacity in our school careers, something that stories that have existed for thousands of years, and they have reworked them to make them interesting and feel fresh two thousand plus years later. And obviously, two thousand is a very, very, uh, um not generous it's a reserved number like those stories go much further back than that to make them feel fresh that many years later is incredible absolutely incredible um on top of that the gameplay is super fun and it causes you this is kind of the mantra of the whole game it's about perspective you you can get stuck so much in just one part of the story or one way to play the game. But if you open your mind to playing in different ways, to learning different stories, you get more engrossed in the world. You get more engrossed in the combat. You learn that everything is viable. Everything has give and take plus and minuses. And I feel like that's such a big mantra in this game. And I think it goes beyond being a game. And I, I know that some people debate this still in 2020, whether or not games are art, but I feel like this is an art mm-hmm. piece, an art form totally. that everybody should experience. And I know that's, I know it's hard to say that because it is a difficult game and there are certain things that you can do to make the game much easier. 
but I think it just in a, in general through any medium it is a masterclass in storytelling it's a masterclass in story pacing it's a masterclass in character development and the loop only emboldens that it only makes it better mm-hmm. so yes I absolutely recommend this game um and I'm I I'm beyond happy to say that Supergiant is getting the credit that they've deserved um it like I said I was joking earlier I interviewed Greg Kasavin a few years back when we talked about Bastion that studio they have the right mantra um they all support each other so much and you can see that even on the Twitter sphere this Twitterscape they're so supportive of each other they they do all the right things uh, both for their, their, not only for their fans, but for the game, for themselves as a studio, and for them on a personal level. From what, from what I gathered from Greg and from what I've seen, I'm just so happy for that studio. I absolutely am. They they have been winning awards this year, and I'm absolutely they they deserve it. Totally. Yeah. At the end of the day. But enough kissing their ass. I love them. I love this game so much. Um. This is the last episode that we are recording this year of Chomping After Dark. So um, a couple quick things. I want to say thank you to anyone who signed up for our Patreon to get the show two weeks early. Um, if you if you guys have any feedback as you, the Patreons, or the patrons, have any feedback for what we can do next year to improve the show, um, please email us at sorechomp at gmail.com or just... DM me. I know a lot of the patrons have my private information. You can DM me. If you are a general listener and the, and you have any advice for us, please, yeah, send it our way as well. We're more than willing to hear um, advice. I'm really proud of the of where this podcast has come because we kind of we talked about it for years doing a spoiler cast. Um, we started it at the end of last year as kind of an incentive for Patreon, and it's taken a life of its own. We got an actual theme. We got a an actual um uh an actual logo the theme is done by uh rich's friend ed um do you have contact information if anybody wants to hire ed for a theme song oh god i I wish i was prepared i would have had his soundcloud or his email i should well while you're looking that up i will say that our logo is done by jason allen roberts uh he's done all of our logos for any podcast that we've done um if you want to check him out his business is victory overall um you can look that up on google he has a website he's on twitter and instagram he does phenomenal work um i want to shout him out um i have ed's info when rich <laughs> yeah what? i have ed's info when you, when you want me to give it okay go for it yeah uh if you're looking to contact ed uh to contract music intros any any uh music work you'd like him to do he is e.m.f.baquet, B-A-Q-U-E-T, at gmail.com. There you go. All right. Um, and I want to say thank you to these guys because I know that, for example, for Rich, it's very late over there um, as we're doing this spoiler cast. Oh, happy 2021, everyone. I, you know, it's... That's right. Woo. That's right. <laughs> but um, I just want to thank each and every... every I want to thank my host and I want to thank uh, the fans who have supported this side project that we've been doing. It's been really fun. We've had some serious episodes. We had some really fun episodes. Uh, 
there's still time to release the cat's butthole cut. I'm still lobbying for that. Um, as Rich and I talked about that on we'll the do an cats additional spoiler cast if that ever happens. Yeah, we'll really get in dive into those buttholes. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will. But um, this will be the last episode of the year. Like I said, this will be dropping for the patrons. Uh, for the end of 2020, this will be the first episode on the normal feed in 2021. Uh, I believe we are planning to do Cyberpunk 2077 as the next episode. We might take a an extended break because we've been doing these so much that we might take the first few weeks off of January. Um, I'm not sure the exact schedule yet. That's something that we will be updating on our social media. But I just want to say thank you to everyone. Um, this is been a really fun journey i've Mm -hmm. really been excited to host a podcast where it isn't just me or me interviewing people but uh with these guys that i love so much so um happy 2020 to you guys happy holidays if you're hearing this in 2021 i hope the start of your year is wonderful i hope that any goals or missions that you are deciding to achieve this year come to fruition i know you can do it Um, you're awesome. Each and every one of you. Thank you so much for listening to us and supporting us. And we will be back with cyber 20 cyberpunk 2077 next. Thank you to rich Josh Morgan. Who's not here. Um, my name is Shay. Thank you for, uh, letting me be your host and take care.